the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Riley Gaines, you know the name, you've heard the voice, you've seen her probably uh, uh, on a newscast at some point or another, and you've heard her on this program. She's a 12-time All-American swimmer, a five-time SEC champion, still the SEC record holder in one event, and the record holder in uh, three separate events at the University of Kentucky. She now heads up the Riley Gaines Center at the Leadership Institute. She, uh, she is leading the national movement to save women's sports and women's spaces from an invasion of biological males seeking glory in the sports they failed miserably at when they competed against other males. She testified yesterday, excuse me, Tuesday at the Ohio State House in support of HB 68, the Save Adolescents from Experimentation, or the SAFE Act, which also includes HB 6, the Save Women's Sports Act. She is joined today by Shaker Heights attorney May Mailman, who is a former deputy solicitor general and the director of the 10th Amendment Center for the state of Ohio. She is now a senior fellow with the Independent Women's Law Center, a legal advocacy arm of Independent Women's Forum and Independent Women's Voice. Riley and May both joining us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Riley, it is good to talk to you again. How are you this morning? I am doing great, Bob. It's great to talk to you. Welcome to the Buckeye State. It is good to have you here. May Mailman, you're already a Buckeye. You're a Shaker Heights resident, so welcome. It's good to have you on the program, too. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you guys both testifying on Tuesday. I want to talk about what you testified about and talk about the direction of this movement. Riley, uh, I want to start with you. Critics say you're not from Ohio. Mind your own business. What are you doing up here in the Buckeye State? We can't find any uh, any proponents here of note to, to support this. We had to go out of state and import an out-of-state special interest. I read that garbage all over Twitter on Tuesday when you came. How do you respond to those folks? <laughs> I see that every state I go to. Uh, and it certainly, let me just say first, it certainly doesn't deter me. Uh, because I believe every girl in every state deserves to be protected um, and shouldn't have to compare themselves physically to a male. So so that's a silly uh, reason to, to try and deter me. But secondly, it is happening in Ohio. Uh, Coach Kim Russell of Oberlin College is a per- perfect example of this happening in Ohio. Plus, there are several female athletes regarding specifically to the incident um, that I was there to, to speak on my experience about, which was the Leah Thomas incident. Uh, several Ohio swimmers who were displaced because he was allowed to compete in the women's category. Um, and, of course, it's a lot broader than just that. There are uh, many examples that I can list from female athletes and parents and coaches who have reached out to me in the state of Ohio who don't feel comfortable sharing their name because they're scared. Uh, they're fear- fearful of repercussions from those same people uh, who probably commented all those awful things on Twitter. Oh yeah, absolutely right. Look at what you have suffered. You have you have been attacked uh, mercilessly ever since you spoke out, and uh, and and they don't want to see themselves. While they may admire you, they're glad you're doing the talking, so they don't have to. So they don't have to suffer what goes along with it. Um, may let, let's talk a little bit about um, the law that you were testifying in support of yesterday, along with, or excuse me, Tuesday. I keep uh, thinking it was yesterday, but um, the the proposed uh, uh, law, the bill. 
the Saving uh, uh, Youth from Experimentation Act and the Saving Women's Sport, Sports Act. Can you tell me why this is necessary when we already have Title IX? Yeah, well, the Biden administration seems to have no interest in pursuing Title IX. Title IX was passed in the mid-1970s, and it has been a true benefit for women. Women not only had more educational opportunities, but relevant here, they had more opportunities in sports. So just to take one example, when Title IX was first passed, only about 300,000 women participated in high school sports. And then in 2018, that was 3.5 million. And for anyone who has kids, for anyone who has daughters, sports are so important, even if they're not, you know, Riley Gaines level competitors, that these women are able to have a higher self-esteem. They have higher grades. They're less likely to have teenage pregnancies. They're less likely to be depressed. So the opportunities provided by Title IX have been wonderful. And in a normal world, if we lived in a normal world, we would not probably need an additional Ohio law. Unfortunately, the Biden administration came out in April and specifically said that they are now going to reimagine Title IX so that you are allowed to participate in a sport consistent with your gender identity, unless the school can prove all sorts of things that there's no way the school is going to try and prove. So the Biden administration has has signaled that it wants to gut Title IX. And because of that, I think it's very important for Ohio to join already 19 other states, I think it is, that protect women's sports and basically as many that protect adolescents from child mutilation. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the word woman. One follow-up for you here, May, before I go back to Riley, and let's talk about what that means. First of all, Title IX was created to indeed protect women and to give them equal opportunities in all areas, in all facets of competition and beyond. It literally was intended to protect women, and now it is being bastardized in order in order to harm women by making them face biological males. We're told that women, and there's that operative word, is indeed a state of mind. And if the individual identifies that way, we need to respect that. Um, There just is simply, it's not a state of mind that is swimming in the pool. It's not a state of mind that's on the field hockey field, uh, you know, smashing people's faces. It's not a state of mind. It's larger, stronger bodies, biological male bodies that we are dealing with here. How can they minimize that, that, that reality by just simply saying, but it's not how that person feels? Well, it's an 80-20 issue for Americans. The vast majority of people agree with you. They know the difference between a man and a woman. And that's why there's things like domestic abuse shelters for women. Because, you know, every minute in this world, there are women being abused by their domestic partners who are stronger and bigger. Like, these are things that people know intuitively. Only women can get pregnant. Only women have periods. Like, these these are things that are the science is real crowd that has the sign in front of their house. They might pretend like they don't know what it is, but Americans know and we all know. And so the only thing that's really left is this is not a scientific question. It's a courage question. There are very small, 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 crazy minority of people that want to push people into thinking something that's false. But if you know the truth, if you know what a woman is, You are in good company. Look to your right, look to your left. Those people agree with you. And so this really is just a matter of doing what Riley did and speaking up. The fact that she's one of the only people who was willing to go out there, you know, thank God for her bravery and for her, you know, her work. 
and she needs to inspire other people because everyone agrees this is an 80-20 issue. We just need to say it out loud. That's May Mailman. Mailman, uh, she is uh, uh, an attorney in Shaker Heights, and she is uh, fighting very hard for women's rights and girls' rights with the Independent Women's Forum and the Independent Women's Voice. Riley Gaines, of course, is with us as well. Riley, um, courage is a very important word there that May just used, uh, and I can't I can't overstate that because you are literally putting yourselves in yourself in harm's way. It's one thing to be canceled when you have an appearance at a place like Penn State. It's another thing to be cornered and trapped in a room uh, where people are trying to get at you and physically harm you, like you dealt with in San Francisco. Um, are you are you like? How do you find the courage to put yourself in harm's way like that, Riley? You know what? Easily. Uh, I have people ask me that all the time, you know, how, how are you so brave? How do you find the courage? And I always say easily uh, because it's, it shouldn't be courageous to say what I'm saying. Um, again, I understand the risk, and I'm not going to say that the threats don't exist and that they're not real because, like you said, I've seen them. Um, but what's scarier to me than those, those threats, the name-calling, which is what it is, right? I mean, that's what we do in second grade is call each other names. Um, the petty personal attacks. The, the kind of resorting to violence and to, to really this hateful vitriol, what's scarier to me than all that is not standing firm in the truth. Uh, and when you look at any society that starts to deny objective truth, like we're being asked to do and like so many Americans are doing, uh, and like May said, they know it's wrong, uh, but no one is willing to say the emperor wears no clothes. And, and when you look at a society that, that has done that in the past, um, the outcome is very clear on what that means, and it's a slippery slope. Uh, and I believe that's at the hands and feet of our leaders uh, nationally, of course, the people in the White House right now, uh, but also in the state of Ohio. You have you have some some leaders who are actively taking us down this slippery slope. Yeah, you're you're exactly right, and it is that violence that uh, that can come from all of that vitriol that I'm concerned about too. And I'm uh, I'm amazed that you are willing to stand up in the face of all of that in the name of truth. Uh, I want to talk about the depth of the problem, Riley, because I know you were questioned about this when you gave your testimony on Tuesday. Um, they're arguing that there have been only six male to female trans athletes uh, trying to participate. Uh, in the state of Ohio, and you said that is very underrepresented. Can you speak more on that? Of course. It's the same. That's You know, the NCAA pushes a similar statistic where they say, look, there's only 29 trans athletes in the entire NCAA Division One, Division Two, Division Three. That could not be further from the truth. Um, it's incredibly underreported, and, um, I mean, it's just as simple as that. It's not being reported on, therefore, uh you know, it's it's not a statistic. So so that's very similar to what's happening in Ohio as well. Yeah, and you know, it's it's not just athletes too uh, that are that are being canceled over this. You know, females um, uh, coaches. You mentioned Kim Russell from Oberlin. I did an extensive interview with her, with her uh, a couple of months back, telling her story from Oberlin College. At that time, she was just kind of reassigned into another role. Since that time, she's gone from Oberlin. She uh, she can't even work there anymore. And all she did while coaching her team expertly uh, was was state that yeah, we shouldn't have males competing with females, and that was enough for her to get booted. Um, the tolerance level for the point of view of biology and and recognizing as may just described the you know the physical reality here uh the tolerance is is gone you can't even say that out loud or you lose your job exactly and i'll tell you universities and, and, and college campuses are a breeding ground for this intolerance um administrations that are supposed to be in place to 
protect us, uh, protect the freedom of speech, uh, our other freedoms, of course, um, are failing us entirely. And when I say us, I don't even mean just female athletes. I mean people in general. Uh, we've reached this point of intolerance that is, um, I truly believe it is a cancer to society. Yeah, I think that's a good way to say it. We're talking with Riley Gaines, uh, uh, NCAA champion, All-American, uh, 12-time All-American, SEC champion, uh, swimmer. And we're talking with May Mailman, who is an attorney from Shaker Heights, who both testified um, in support of the Save Women's Sports Act and the Saving Adolescents from Experimentation Act um, in the uh, Senate Government Overs- Oversight Committee on Tuesday. So, May, um, going back here from uh, from the legal standpoint, if and when we hope this passes, um, do you expect that there will be legal challenges to this? And, and moreover, since we're in Ohio, where they have just discovered the power of the constitutional amendment ballot initiative, do you think even if this does pass in the General Assembly and is signed by the governor, they'll try to overturn it at the ballot box by way of an amendment? Well... So, you know, you've got your two pieces to this legislation. There's the women's sports piece. And it is true that there are some lawsuits going on. You've got them uh, in, you know, kind of scattered throughout the the country. And it, it started with bathroom, you know, assigning kids to use the correct bathroom. Right, and that right. was challenged. So these legal challenges, Ohio would certainly not be the first uh, to face it, but I will say that it is an uphill climb. So the Sixth Circuit just decided a case that was about Tennessee, um, their decision to protect minors from child mutilation. Mm -hmm. And the Sixth Circuit said that's completely fine. These are scientific decisions. Uh, they are ones that we as judges are not going to come in and and redo the Constitution. Read it several times. It says it doesn't say in there minors are must have transgender surgeries. And you know what? It doesn't say that men must play women's sports. So I do think we have good law in the Sixth Circuit to protect uh, what it means to differentiate on the basis of sex. That that's that uh, that's fine under our federal law you know i feel good about the outcome of any legal challenge Mm -hmm. is there a huge moneyed interest that's out there that wants to like get donor money by challenging stuff maybe probably and then yeah we just passed issue one uh the aclu has said adamantly the issue one is just about abortion it is not about transgender surgeries so if they try and change their mind now and bait and switch ohioans who thought that this was about abortion, and if they say all of a sudden now this is about transgender surgeries, that is shameful. Yeah, well, they are shameless, and that's the problem. Uh, I don't think they care about that, May. Um, Riley, I want to go back to um, to this question. You ask anybody who's even moderately aware of current events right now in this country who's fighting the hardest for women's sports, the answer is going to be Riley Gaines, and it's going to be the only answer. And that's a problem. Why aren't there more female former athletes like yourself? I won't even say current athletes because they have to they have to endure this, you know, in their in their competitions right now. But but especially when their careers are over, why aren't there more female athletes like you joining you in this effort? Well, like I said previously, you know, people are terrified. Um, again, coming from a college campus, I can speak to 
their efforts to silence us um, into submission, to tell us we were the problem, to tell us we had to accept this with a smile on our face. And if we didn't, we were the bigots. Uh, We were the ones who should be apologizing, not feeling comfortable seeing male genitalia in the locker room. Uh, So that being said, believe it or not, it's effective. Uh, You know, to 20 20 or so year old girls, um, speaking about at least college level athletes, but then you also have people like Megan Rapinoe, for example, which don't even get me started on her, (laughs) Um, who truly an incredible female athlete who, and again, we don't agree on a lot, me and Megan Rapinoe, but I will say she did a lot in terms of, of advocating for women in sports until this issue where she's actively undermining that by, by fighting for men to compete and be able to play in women's sports, which, um, like I said, it just undermines everything she once fought for, and it's virtue signaling. Uh, so I think people are scared to, to do the right thing out of fear of repercussions, and they're scared to um, be seen as anything other than virtuous. Have uh, you but that tried? Being said, there are some incredible athletes who have taken a stand, likely a, or likely a Thomas. I'm so sorry, likely a Thomas's teammate, Paula Scanlon, right. um, from University of Pennsylvania. Um, Peyton McNabb, who's a volleyball player who was injured because of a male. Several others. So they're definitely out there who are doing amazing, incredible work and and necessary work. Uh, but you're right; it's few and far between. Yeah, it is. And and uh, there, I was going to ask you if you're doing any recruiting in that front. Take some people with you to some of your speeches. Join, get some other other uh, athletes with you in the Riley Gaines Center at the Leadership Institute. Are you able to you know to talk to any of them? And have they told you they're interested, but maybe just a little bit afraid afraid right now? Of course, um, a big part of what I've been doing is going to college campuses and sharing the message uh, that that women's sports should be only for women. And upon doing that. Um, what I find, and I think it's so cool, it really revitalizes me when I see this, is uh, when I go to these college campuses, tons of, of their female sports teams show up, and, and they want to listen because, you know, this is something they've dealt with in some capacity or, or something they want to prevent from happening on their team at their university. And so when that happens, these girls talk to me, you know, what can we do? How can we help? Um, which, again, when I see that, it gives me hope. Um, because, like you said previously, courage is certainly contagious. I, I don't doubt that for a second, but so is hopelessness. Um, but when I see these girls wanting to roll up their sleeves, ready to roll up their sleeves and say enough is enough, uh, that gives me hope, and it reminds me who I'm fighting for. Riley, two more quick questions for you, and I really appreciate this. I, I look forward to talking to you again in another forum to talk more about your, your personality and how, how you've been driven to this moment because it's really a crazy and amazing story. You made your acting debut. Tell us about Lady Ballers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so Lady Ballers is a it's supposed to be somewhat of a parody film, a satirical film that The Daily Wire put on. Um, about men and women's sports. And the plot line is, of course, you know, these men have this bright idea. If we if we compete as women, we can win everything. You know, this is genius. We can get into women's locker rooms. Um, but sitting there watching it, they had a premiere last night in Nashville, which is, is my hometown. And so went to the premiere, and, oh, my gosh, I'm watching this, and, of course, I'm cracking up because it's, it's, it's comical, truly. It's, it's a mockery, right? Um, but at the same time, uh, as I'm laughing, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is this feels more like a documentary <laughs> than it does a parody. Uh, but I had a part in the film, which was basically just really my part in real life, uh, where I was competing against a male who, except in, in 
the movie, this man blew me out of the water, but in real life, Thomas couldn't even beat me, which is kind of embarrassing for a six foot four man. <laughs> That's I can't wait to watch that. It just premiered last night. You said right? Uh, it it just That's debuted. Correct. Okay, That's so we correct. can. We, it's we, open to the public on December first. That is phenomenal. I'm looking forward to that. And the last question I have for you is a more serious one, Riley. What advice do you have for young girls and and female competitors right now if they face a male entering their competition arena? Should they just, you know, fight it out and and, and battle and, and, and take their L? Or should they walk off the field or the court or the platform or whatever it is that they're competing on due to injury concerns and in the interest of, you know, fundamental fairness? Is it better to walk away to make a statement or just get in the water or get on the field and do it? You know what? I'll tell you, if you would have asked me this a year ago, my answer would be different. And I'm totally comfortable and secure in saying that I changed my mind because a year ago, I didn't think women should have to sacrifice anything. I thought that, you know, why should women have to be the ones to not compete, to give something up? We need people to stand up for us. Um, A year later, after seeing this continue to happen uh, to all levels, all sports, all divisions, I've realized what a naive thought to wait for other people to do the right thing. Uh, This has to, we we have to take action here. And again, when I say we, I mean women, female athletes. Uh, I believe it would send an incredibly, incredibly powerful message. Uh, If, you know, you're on the starting blocks, for example, and you have a man next to you and none of the women go, uh, it would be effective. We've seen it in jujitsu when, when women were faced, face-to-face with a male on the mat. Uh, Several women at this local tournament in Georgia decided not to compete. And when they did that, 21 hours later, not even a full 24 hours, 21 hours later, NAGA, which is the National Grappling Association, changed their policies to prevent men from competing against women in jiu-jitsu, which is huge. Uh, So that's what we need to see. And that being said, uh, I believe there's, of course, lots of fingers the point here and so while i believe female athletes should take a stand for themselves we need parents we need parents who are willing to defend their daughters we need coaches who are willing to defend their athletes uh we even need male i mean i think it could be very powerful if even male athletes decided to boycott um an event in solidarity with the women so so i think there's a lot of options uh that could be seen as effective and really have the opportunity to make positive impact for women in women's sports uh, and I believe boycotting is certainly one of those. Well, that's a, that's a powerful statement, and I would love to see that unification, to have men and women together all joined in solidarity to oppose this uh, this ridiculous uh, movement to, uh, to to put males in women's competitive spaces. Uh, Riley Gaines, All-American swimmer and uh, leading now the uh, uh, Riley Gaines Center at the Leadership Institute. Attorney May Mailman, uh, former Deputy Solicitor General uh, and, the, uh, and Director of the Tenth Amendment Center for the State of Ohio. You're both champions for fighting very hard for women and girls in the state of Ohio and around the country. Keep up the great work. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Thank you, Attorney May Mailman. All right, that's uh, it's 9.57. We're going to get a timeout here, catch up a little bit. We've got Dr. Piper. I'm sure he's going to want to respond to a little bit about what we just talked about in addition to our regular conversation. Dr. Piper will join us after the top of the hour on AM 1420, The Answer. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.